It's Andrew McCormack with DiscoverEstevan.com, and this was the conversation we had with FSIN 4th Vice Chair Heather Bear. Do you mind commenting on how the meetings have gone in the, in the wake of the tragedy? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to extend our love and prayers to the community of the First Nation of James Smith and uh, our love and prayers to, you know, all the people there who are going through this. At this moment, it, it is a watershed moment for our, our people, for James Smith, for our, our region and, and the country. So uh, yesterday we had time uh, with leadership there uh, from James Smith, Chief Wally Burns, Chief Cal Sanderson, uh, Chief uh, Robert Head, uh, Chief Bobby Cameron, uh, the other Vice Chief, Vice Chief Pratt, Vice Chief uh, Ali Bear was there, and uh, uh, the Premier, uh, Premier, Premier uh, Scott Moe was in attendance, and uh, some other folks from the province. And, uh, yeah, we had some time uh, and uh, together, you know, to, of course, extend the condolences. But, uh, you know, we talked about what was important and what was key in, in, uh, in light of, uh, you know, what has happened and, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, the changes, the calls to action that um, are evident. There's three key areas here that uh, we we absolutely agree on the FSIN. Oh, uh, and I want to mention uh, uh, the Grand Chief uh, uh, Brian Hartlock was in attendance uh, uh, along with uh, uh, Vice Chief Chris Job. We had talked about the need for tribal policing within our community, and that being an essential service. We talked about the need for mental health services. They need to be expanded, and also in the area of addiction, and, and ad- addressing you know these three key areas, uh, not only in uh, uh, you know not in the short term but in the long term, and uh, you know these are areas uh, you know where we've been <clears throat> you know Canada and the province has been failing in in the past. And, of course, which led up to, uh, you know, what has taken place here. I mean, uh, drugs and alcohol uh, are an issue, and we know leadership has has been, uh, you know, working together for a long time and and trying to, you know, create uh, safe communities and have safe communities. But uh, we've had, uh, you know, some real challenges in terms of, you know, response time. Uh, you know, when there is a call uh, to RCMP, you know, for ambulance services, for fire services, every essential service, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to emergencies, uh, we don't get the immediate service in any First Nation for that matter. So, and of course, uh, you know, what has unfolded here is uh, is a tragic example of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the unsafety, you know, of our people. When it comes to, I guess, uh, the implementation of tribal policing, how how would this look? Well, I want to point to <clears throat> some of the work that others have done. And, and uh, uh, you know, the Grand Chief yesterday talked about, you know, the symposiums that they've, they've had. 
uh, within the Grand Council. And, uh, you know, he would be, uh, you know, uh, someone to have a conversation with in terms of, you know, some of the ideas. And, you know, uh, he, yesterday he talked about feasibility studies. He talked about, you know, the need. And, of course, there, this is, uh, you know, what, what it comes down to, you know, is, uh, you know, tribal policing is, is something we need to do ourselves. Uh, we know our people. We know our uh, where people live. Uh, you know, and there's other systemic changes that need to happen within the system as well. When you look at, uh, you know, pro- parole and probation and and those kinds of uh, issues that, um, you know, when uh, uh, people are released from from the jails, <clears throat> you know, release plans and. Uh, you know, court workers and and uh, like I say, this this justice system as it is today, you know, needs a complete overhaul. You know, you have a disproportionate, uh, uh, you know, amount of First Nations sitting in the jails, doing time. You know, that shouldn't be there. Uh, many are 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 on remand. You know, I I think uh, just about half of the the. Uh, uh, People in, in in Pine Grove, the women in Pine Grove. I mean, it's it's disturbing how many are sitting in there on remand, and yet, you know, on the other end, you have people being released, dangerous offenders being released, uh, and many times our, our leadership don't even know, you know, what the circumstances are, or you know, um, you know, and coming into the communities and and being posing danger. So, like I say, there's there's a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, it's not just tribal uh, policing, but, re- you know, at this point, you know, it, it is a priority, but, uh, you know, we need to look at, uh, you know, the offenders and having more inclusion there and a system there, you know, that's going to keep people, uh, you know, on alert, you know. And, uh, and, of course, when you look at mental health and addictions, you know, you need to have, you know, substantial programming in our communities, you know, to be able to provide the support, you know, to offenders or, you know, just anyone else who needs. And, and like I say right now, uh, you know, our, our communities, our First Nations are in a critical crisis uh, because of the dangers of uh, uh, drugs like crystal meth. You look at the, the, the ODs with fentanyl, you know, and... Here again, you know, Canada needs to clamp down on that. And, uh, you know, looking at, we need to look at harsher penalties for, you know, the drug dealers and, uh, uh, you know, come up with, uh, come up with solutions there to get, you know, uh, get those out of our communities. You know, not only, uh, James Smith, but, uh, this has been the, uh, the call from the chief. You know, we just went through, uh, you know, two and a half years of a, a pandemic with COVID. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen the good work, you know, uh, when, uh, you know, the peacekeepers, you know, the peacekeepers uh, began to, um, you know, elevate and, uh, you know, the borders went up within our, just about every First Nations had the uh, borders up, uh, you know, protecting their people from a pandemic, from disease, but we need those borders up and we need that those uh, peacekeepers there to protect us from, you know, uh, perpetrators who, you know, may harm our people like what happened in James Smith 
you know, uh, it's, uh, and our people need to understand, you know, that uh, crystal mess is a totally different monster, you know, uh, uh, that we're dealing with, you know, when you have, uh, uh, you know, you know, people at large who, who, who are on the drugs, you know, everybody is in danger, you know, walking on the roads or picking up hitchhikers and, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's the kind of people we are when there's people walking on the road. Uh, you know, uh, they'll never pass by or, you know, you get picked up, you give them a road, but now you give them a ride. But, uh, you know, today we're, we're living in a time where, you know, people are afraid to do that, you know, and the good Samaritan, uh, you know, goes out the window. So we have a lot of serious issues here that, uh, uh, far too long, they've been unattended to. There's been inaction. We have, uh, you know, so many calls to action. Look at and report uh, truth and reconciliation. You know, that commission, you know, 93 calls to action. You look at MMIWG, LGBTQ+. We have uh, <clears throat> 231 calls to action there. You know, the reports are there. How many reports do we need to have? before there's meaningful execution, you know, and that means substantial funding and the will for our government to, uh, you know, work with our leadership, work with our people so that they, you know, have the, the essential resources, the substantial resources that are going to, you know, make a substantial change. And uh, when you look at this country, uh you know, in terms of health, you know, our people being, you know, right at the top in terms of, you know, suicide and homicide and, and you know, the ODs and, and uh, uh, you know, we just can't go on like this. If things have to happen, they need to happen now immediately. And I think yesterday was uh, uh, a painful example of things being left undone. As you mentioned MMIWG, and I was curious if you feel like there has been any improvement there from from policing. Well, <clears throat> I, I'd like to say uh, once uh, the police got there, I'm really proud and, uh, you know, uh, hearing that uh, they stayed with the James, uh, James Smith's uh, members and the victims and, uh, you know, as they did their work, uh, you know, and, and there was, uh, uh, that, you know, you could, you could hear the gratitude. They had, they had gratitude. They have gratitude for the policing that happened. Uh, you know, they stayed with their folks there until it was safe. But the thing is, uh, it's the response time I'm hearing. It took up to like 40 minutes. You know, before the police got out there. And that's the big problem we have with any kind of emergency services on a First Nation. <clears throat> the, re the response time for policing and ambulances, uh, you know, uh, it could be hours. And, and, and in some cases, uh, it can be days in terms of police response, right? So, yeah, I was going to say, as, as bad as 40 minutes is, there are probably many areas where it would be a lot longer than that even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like I say, in the cities and the towns, uh, I mean, you know, in, in uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, rural Saskatchewan, you know, there there is al you know, always a wait time, but, 
you know, uh, you know the uh, usually ten fifteen minutes. I mean, I was just on a highway uh, uh, a few weeks ago where there was an accident on the road on a highway, and like I say, it was like ten minutes response time. But when you're looking at forty minutes with someone wielding a knife and and terrorizing a community and you know killing people, I mean, my lord, that's way too long. You know, and I'm just. Thankful they got there and they stayed there. And it really, uh, and yesterday it was, uh, I seen the the officers there and, and, uh, you know, uh, that's all they want. That's all they need is safe communities. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, depending on what areas we have, areas in the region where, you know, policing is, you know, they don't have a relationship. There isn't a relationship. I want to point to, you know, other areas like, say, the Kamsak area, you know, where you have uh, protests and, and the people pushing back and the mistreatment of, of uh, you know, citizens and, uh, you know, the abuses that happen. There's that end of it, too. And like I say, you know, tribal policing uh, by our own, for our own people, I think, is, is what our leadership want. That's what I'm hearing. Um, that's what they're working towards. And it needs to be uh, an essential services, uh, essential service that uh, uh, everyone in this country deserves, uh, you know, to be safe and to be able to, when they call 911, you know, that, that they're going to get immediate response. Have the conversations around tribal policing gotten to the point where you're looking at funding breakdowns and who is responsible for the administration? Well, you know, as First Nations and, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, this being a shared, I know, uh, you know, uh, pointing to other uh, police detachments. I know File Hills, Coppell, they have a a police detachment, and I believe that it's a shared shared, uh, cost between the federal government and the uh, provincial government. Uh, You know, when you look at... uh, you know, revenue resource sharing, you know, that needs to happen in this province. And, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, 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 you know, we need to, as First Nations, sovereign nations, uh, we need to be included in the revenue resource sharing too, to determine our own needs and, uh, you know, make our own plans and execute, you know, on our own terms, right? So uh, I think this is where, you know, the conversation gets even you know, uh, bigger at a uh, at a higher level, but uh, for the immediate, uh, you know, there is a, a, a few judiciary on the federal government, and uh, and of course, you know, with the province, uh, you know, uh, uh, in charge, I guess, who have assumed control over our, our natural resources, and you know, there's a lot of revenues that come from our land, and that's not being shared. So there's a lot of inequities within our our province here, uh, uh, and of course uh, broader. Uh, when you look at Alberta and uh, Manitoba, these three provinces are, uh, you know, uh, the NRTA discludes uh, uh, First Nations from that, you know, revenue sharing um, uh, uh, framework that should be here. So. Uh, you know, 
so this points to the province and the uh, federal government. They they sh- they are responsible for ensuring that you know we are in line with uh, uh, you know the human rights and the uh, you know we have those basic human rights and that safety, right? So and then, yeah, and as far as as money goes too, like yeah, if I think if safe to say that if, uh, if tribal policing, the money that goes into that, money going into mental health and addictions is, is used effectively, yeah. that the, the cost savings on the criminal justice system could be massive. Oh. And you hit that right on the head. I mean, like I say, you know, more you put more into prevention, you know, right across the board, you know, when, when you look at health, primary health, you look at, you know, justice and, uh, you know, healthy communities, uh, you know, with with the proper support, uh, uh, supports you look at addictions right now. You know, in terms of, uh, you know, our inability to access treatment centers. Uh, you know, there's a wait there's a wait list, and you know, I, I think that you know policy changes need to be done immediately. You know, to uh, uh, to serve our people when they want treatment, they should have it immediately. Not wait, wait, wait. And, you know, there's uh, a small window there when, uh, you know, someone who's wounded with addiction, you know, wants to get clean, you know. At a moment's notice, you take them right now. You don't put them on a waiting list. And, uh, uh, you know, and that's when you get into the relapses and, uh, you know, and, uh, of course, crime happens. And then what? Then you have the court system, and then you have the paroles, and then you have the you know prisons, and you have um, you know uh, you know the meter running there financially, and uh, you know is a strain you know on our on our uh, a financial strain on uh, you know our whole entire country. It's a problem, and of course you know with First Nations being overrepresented you know in in, in the jails. Uh, provincial and federal uh, correction centers, and it's uh, uh, it really boils down to you know these inequities, uh, and of course the lack of uh, full implementation of uh, a treaty, uh, you know, right across the board. You know, there's a whole number of issues. You know, when you look at you know inadequate housing, uh, you know, you look at the mental health of our people, and you know all of those impacts. You really need to have a holistic view, you know, of, of what's going on, uh, you know, with First Nations, uh, in First Nations community. And, and uh, you know, the, the FSIN and the chiefs in, in, in assembly with 74 First Nations, you know, calling for these changes and, and investments, my Lord, uh, they have to government needs to start taking action and re- having immediate response here and uh, um, you know substantial funding is what we need it's not inadequate funding anymore it's substantial funding we need to fix things and we need to maintain we need long term sustainable uh, funding that's going to you know give the uh, you know our our sovereign nations you know, the power, you know, to determine their own needs and their own destinies and, and uh, uh, you know, utilize, 
you know, the, you know, like we say, by our people, for our people. The colonial system obviously hasn't worked for us. And, uh, you know, uh, in terms of healing and wellness, getting back to the land, you know, land-based healing, land-based wellness, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been proven already when we look at, uh, uh, for example, life promotion, which came out of a uh, suicide prevention. Uh, you know, we had our young folks, our, our, our young, uh, children committing suicide. I mean, in, yeah, you know, we, we just, we're just moving out of a crisis. Uh, but not, not to say that it hasn't, it hasn't, uh, fully resolved, you know, we're still having, uh, you know, suicide, suicides happening within our communities and uh, a young and old. And, um, but we, those investments are proving, you know, to, um, you know, help our people, you know, through the life promotion uh, investments, uh, you know, dealing with that. But like I say, you know, our, our system really needs to, uh, take into account that our, our people know what they need. They need uh, uh, supports that are, you know, developed by our people and implemented by our people. But they need the funding in policing, in addictions, in mental health. Those are the three key areas right now that we cannot, uh, uh, that we can't emphasize more. And of course, you know, with, uh, you know, the trauma that we see now, that we're experience, experiencing now, um, you know, r- right now in James Smith, uh, you know, it's just, uh, like I say, it's a watershed moment. Uh, and we haven't even begun the work yet, you know, in the days ahead, uh, you know, they're going to need support. And uh, uh, we have also uh, other members <clears throat> from James Smith who are related that, that live in other First Nations communities that are, are dealing with the trauma. I have uh, my nieces married to one of the young uh, fellows, a close fam- family member there, uh, where four of his relatives, close relatives, uh, you know, were, were tragically taken, uh, murdered. And, uh, you know, so we need to do the work here. Uh, you know, reaching over to, you know, Chapway, you know, we're four hours away, but there's so many others who are, uh, have been impacted. Uh, so I think the full impact really hasn't been fully realized yet uh, in terms of other communities, other First Nations, even in the urban centers, eh? Uh You know, most of our uh, member uh, citizens or members uh, uh, live off reserve. So, you know, those um, supports are going to be needed in other areas here. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's just it's just a, a real sad, sad time for our people. Uh, it's so traumatic. I cannot express more. In my years of leadership, I have never, ever experienced something so devastating, heartbreaking, uh, you know, you're, you're helpless because you, you know that they have to move through that trauma and move through that grief. We know that anger, fear, sadness, denial, 
is what we need to move forward. But at this point, how do we move forward to the point of acceptance? At this time, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, um, you know, in terms of, uh, they say closure, but I think it's acceptance. But how do you accept something like this? This could have been prevented. And my worry is, you know, it's about tomorrow. If we don't get that immediate action, that immediate change, you know, more of this is to come. So governments, they need to take action and, uh, you know, take that moment to uh, uh, think about the treaty promises that were made, you know, uh, 150 years ago. This promise is made with a crown. There's a fiduciary here. And federally and provincially, we've been failed. They failed our people. So, you know, my friends, I hope that, uh, you know, the settlers, you know, the newcomers that came to this country, we shared the land, we shared the riches of our land. You know, uh, you came here with a system that, uh, you know, really... uh, caused a lot of pain and caused a lot of uh, hurt and uh, by that not being addressed and fully reconciled this is the outcome this is the aftermath so you know it's like uh, no one is safe in this country if we choose not to take action and uh, I really think that uh, it's time to listen to our people, you know, our leaders, and uh, time to love us, I guess. 